If you have love, then you have life. That's why they call it a love life. They don't just call it love. They call it a love life. But we can't have love without God. The Bible tells me in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. What that's saying is you can't love without God, because God is love. And one sure sign that you are not in love is that you don't have God in your life. If God is in your life, then you have a good love life. But if not, there may be problems. That doesn't mean that there can't be problems in your life because you've got to love God as well. Love is something that is given but it must be accepted and received before we can get the benefit of it. Love is a two-way street. So the title of today's message, I'm going to say is, what the heck is wrong with your love life? Amen. What the heck is wrong with your love life? Whether you choose to make God a part of your life or not, I want you to know you still have a love life because God loves you and always will love you. The Bible tells me that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves every sinner and saint. God loves every man, every woman, every child. And if you're here today and you have not known love or you don't think you've ever had love in your life. I want you to know God has always loved you. We are here before our knees in the presence of the love that has changed us. Now, we often substitute the word heck for hell, don't we? What the heck is wrong with you? Well, I want you to know I'm not afraid to use the word hell. And I happen to know that that's in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, I ain't afraid to use it. Even piss is in the Bible. I'll use it if I have to. But I don't need to right now. But I didn't choose the word heck because I wanted to substitute it for the word hell. I do know that if you've got a problem with your love life, I can guarantee you hell's involved there somewhere. But that's not why I'm using the word heck. What the heck is wrong with your love life? The reason I'm using it is heck is the name of the family of my favorite TV program, The Middle. How many of you ever watched that or familiar with it? That's my favorite. Now, it comes on on Wednesday night when we're in church. So I'm not going to tell you to lay out of church to watch the middle because that will get you in the middle of a problem. 
What I do is I'm, I just thank God for DVR. My DVR, I set that. That's one of the main things I set before I leave. And when I get home after the, the day, I am able to go back to ABC there and watch in the middle. It's a sit, sitcom that ABC puts on. Uh, and I got my points out of that, that little sitcom. But, uh, out of that episode, it's the episode third season, uh, and uh, it's about Valentine's Day. I want to cover those. Uh, this is the family, if you see them up here on, on your screen, the Heck family. And the Heck family always has some problems. That's why I say, what the heck's wrong with your love life? Because they've got <laughs> the things, they're talking about some of the things that couldn't be wrong with your Heck life. For example, uh, Frankie and Mike, they're the parents. They're uh, the lady in the green shirt and the, the fella there, the older guy. Uh, they bring to mind my first point, which is the celebration of love. See, their plans was for celebrating Valentine's Day, and they raised those questions. How and why do we celebrate love? So we're going we're gonna to cover that. Now, the kids here, uh, Brick, Sue, and Axel, what a name for a modern family. A Brick and an Axel, and Sue just happens to be the plain old Jane there. She just happens to be as plain as you can get them. They are all in various stages of development. Little Brick there is the youngest, 10 years old. Sue has just entered high school. She's coming out of middle school, learning some things, trying to adapt and fit in with high school. Wet behind the ears. You know, in middle school, you know, when you're in the eighth grade, boy, you're right on top of the matter there. You're a big dog. But when you get in high school, you ain't nobody. And that's what she's feeling like. It's always an adjustment as we grow and get older. We have to adjust to even getting old, I can guarantee you that. Uh, but uh, Sue has just got into high school. She has just begun to date her first boyfriend, and she's fitting in, in her mind, very well. Everybody else's mind, it may be a problem there. Axel, on the other hand, he's been in high school for a while, and he's the amen hung up on himself. And uh, he's the high school kid, you know that, the one that's embarrassed and ashamed to be around her sister. <laughs> But he's moving right along. So uh, they each have problems that are perplexing to them. They're preoccupied with taking care of those problems, problems of life and love, which all teenagers have, and not just teenagers. Even older folks have some of these main problems. Basically, I believe they introduced my next point. Love is a journey. It is development. Different levels of love, different stages, and we grow in knowledge and experience as we experience love in our lives. 
Actually, I had to separate him out there from his own little world there because he's in his own little world. That's all. He thinks he's the hottest, coolest thing since sliced bread or Funyuns. Amen. I happen to know them Funyuns go over real good here at the church. Axel has to do a study. Actually, Brick has a little uh, assignment from school. He has to write about love. And he's only 10 years old. He says, what do I know about love? I'm only 10. But he reads a lot. Axel, he's got to give a speech about a life-changing experience. But the only problem there, he's never had a life-changing experience. He knows that his awesomeness will give others a life-changing experience. But he's never had one himself. So he is a total loss to write about a life-changing experience. So my points here is that love is a celebration of love. And it is a journey. And love will change your life. Let's begin with our first point here. The celebration of love. Now this topic presents us with two questions, which I've been hearing all week pretty much. How should we celebrate love? And why should we celebrate love? I listen to the Howler and Hilton Hill Triple H show every morning on the way to work. Now I know you folks think I'm totally odd and crazy. I don't listen to music. I would listen to gospel preaching, but my favorite gospel preaching comes on after I already should be at work. So unless I'm late, I don't hear no preaching. But I will listen to the talk, morning talk radio. That's a channel that Amanda just loves to change on me when I get in the car. And she's in there with me. But on Heller and Hilton Hill morning show, the question was asked, what is the best way to celebrate love or Valentine's Day? Now, most of the responses that I heard come in were based upon considerations of the level of maintenance that your lover needs. One guy says it depends on the level of maintenance, but it also depends on your level of income, too. Don't want to get messed up with a high-maintenance woman with a low-wage earner. Okay, that just don't work, because you're going to have problems. But people begin to talk about everything from buying diamond rings and BMW roadsters to, uh, amen, uh, little cuddly uh, stuffed bears from Vermont and candy and flowers and maybe a dinner out at night or a dance or a special evening. These are the things we all like to think about when it comes to celebrating Valentine's Day. But remember, the celebration is love. How many of you got a bulletin today? I want you to read that when you get time. Don't do it now while I'm preaching because it'll make me mad. All right? I'll get all upset. Read it later. But when you got Jesus, he don't give you candies. He don't give you cards. He just gives you straight out 
pure, unadulterated love. And it will be a blessing to you. But one of the callers called in and he says, the way love should be celebrated is it should be celebrated every day. Love, if you love somebody, is something you do every day. Not something you do once a year. Not something on an anniversary day, but something you do every day. Love is a routine. Love, according to Halloran Hilton, if you're celebrating your love that way, it can be quite boring. Love is boring. It is if you experience it every single day. Sometimes we experience love so much that it is boring. Some people come to church and they're bored being in church, but I want you to know we're in the presence of the almighty loving God. You are here before the love that changes you. Oh, hallelujah. I didn't step on no toes there, did I? Now, Frankie and Mike back to the Heck family, had planned to celebrate their love with a bucket of chicken. Now, me and my wife, we get in arguments whether that should be Popeye's chicken or KFC. I don't really care. I like all kinds of chicken. I'm a preacher. Chicken's chicken. But I do like Popeye's. But they had agreed to celebrate their love, their Valentine's Day, with a bucket of chicken, alone in separate rooms in their sweats. Now the reason for that is they had thought about maybe going out to a movie, but they said, we'll just fall asleep. And we could do that at home for nothing. Well, they could go out for a dinner, but there's always long lines and a lot of people and stuff like that. You get frustrated with traffic. Why not just stay home and get some chicken and lay back in your sweats and watch television? The only problem there is Frankie likes to watch something different than Mike does. Mike likes his sports. So he's going to go off to his place and have his chicken and watch his sports. And Frankie, she's going to cut back and just enjoy whatever it is she watches. I, she, she never did say there. To Frankie and Mike, Valentine's Day was an opportunity to take a break from each other. Not so much a break from each other, but a break from the struggles of life, of keeping a family together, of putting up with teenage kids and, and bills and things like that. These are the things that try your faith, and it tries your love. To them, it was R&R. You don't take a, a, a soldier out of a war zone and expect him to come out fighting. You expect him to take a break from his fighting. That's what they call R&R, &R, rest and recuperation. Now, had they been able to implement their plan successfully, it would have probably been an enjoyable evening in their sweats. No sweat. Only problem is, is Frankie... When she was out shopping, looking to purchase Valentine's cards and candy and things like that, she ran into all her other friends. 
And somebody had a coupon. A coupon. Now, I don't know how you say coupon or coupon. But, amen, we say coupon around here. Now, they had this coupon, and it was for a $9 dinner with all, all you could eat. So they decided it'd be best to go out and have dinner with our friends. Celebrate it with all of our friends. Now, Frankie had made this decision without even talking to Mike. But Mike was cool with it when he found out there was going to be other men there, and it's not just a bunch of women that he was going to be with. Amen, men? So, I didn't get no amens there. Y'all must be afraid. Afraid to say <laughs> to that. Well, as they got out together and they began to have a, a good time eating and enjoying it, they actually had their chicken and all that. But while they were doing that, there were some folks running around with roses. A lady selling roses. And it so happened that as it come around, all the men bought a rose for their wife. But not Mike. He said, no, nah, we don't need things like that. We've already talked about that. That's just all the fluff and all the glamour. Me and Frankie there, we're lovers. We don't need nothing special like a rose. Well, while the dinner was going on, I want you to know Frankie was good and well content with a, a man of breadstick. But what was going on in her mind was another matter. She was offended. She was embarrassed. It didn't matter whether it was okay for them to do something different when they're alone. When you're around friends, you've got to do something traditional. You get embarrassed for that. Mm. So it was an embarrassing evening that ended up in an argument when they got home. We'll, we'll tell you more about that argument in a minute because I'm talking about love right now. See, that brings them to the best reason why we should celebrate love. You see, we've talked about how we can celebrate love, but why do we celebrate love? Do you know it's because love endures? Love has a property in it that it is the most enduring property of all. The greatest thing about love is that it merits celebration because it endures. Love endures. And if God is love then love is eternal. Love endures while everything else passes away. The Bible says whether there be tongues or prophecies, they shall cease. Doesn't matter with all the works. If I don't have love, it doesn't profit me one bit. And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3, it says, And now abideth, and now endures, Faith, hope, and charity. The word charity is translated as brotherly love, but it can be translated as love. Love endures. The greatest of the most enduring gifts from God is love. Amen. Amen. 
Now, if we wanted to see what the word endurance means, it's also called sufferance or suffering. It's called stamina, resilience, or durability. It's the ability of living things to exert themselves and remain active for long periods of time as well as their ability to resist, withstand, recover from, and have immunity to trauma, wounds, and fatigue. Endurance is the ability to go on when everything else around you is telling you to shut down. Love will cause you to go on. Love will cause you to rise above all the enemies that present themselves against love. And I want, to I want you to know, if you have a love life, it is under attack by hell. Amen. It is under attack. And the only way your love will survive is to have a love that endures. Love will endure death even. It is the only thing that goes beyond the grave and is still there on the other side. It is the thing that caused Jesus to lay down his life for our salvation. And it is the thing that brought him forth from the grave. For the joy set before him, the Bible says he endured the cross because of the great love that was in his heart. Mm. So how should we celebrate our love for God? We come together, and I'm talking about how should we as Christians celebrate that love. How did Frankie and them do it? They got, they come apart to get R&R. Because they had been withstanding. Their love had held up through teenagers, through problems, through sickness, through all the problems. They needed a break. Sometimes you ask some parents what they need, what they want, how they want to celebrate their Valentine's Day. A night out without the kids would be great. But sometimes it's even a night by yourself away from Daddy, the husbands, and the kids. We come apart to have R and R. But in the church of Jesus Christ, we come apart to come together. We don't come together here in church today to do different things. We are here united in one room, one house, under one name. But either way, whether you're in your sweats today or a suit for the Lord, amen, we come apart for R&R. &R. I want you to know, amen, if God loves you when you're out there fighting the devil on every turn and he's riding your back and he's getting in your life, I want you to know there's something the heck wrong with your life, your love life, if you don't have Jesus in it and you don't have an R&R &R every now and then at church. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We come together to celebrate our love for God through worship. And this is the rest 
that causes the weary to rest when the Lord begins to move in the Holy Ghost. It ain't fried chicken, church, <laughs> that, that we enjoy here today. It is the presence of the love that changes us. Hallelujah. It can be boring or it can be exciting. No matter what, we endure because love is with us. The Bible says, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. That means you're putting up with things. But what keeps us enduring, what keeps us going, is the love that Jesus has for us and the love that we have for him. But you can't have that love until you've known the love of God. Hallelujah. We come apart to serve Christ in love. And sometimes it is boring. That's all right. An evening at home with the Lord. Amen. I believe David said, I'd rather be one day with the Lord than a thousand in the congregation of the wicked or something to that effect. One day with the Lord is better than all that with the wicked. But that brings us to the next part. Everybody don't understand that, that peace, that joy that you get from that. Sometimes we want to celebrate with great fanfare. But sometimes we just need to get away, to go to church, to get recharged, to be encouraged, to be lifted up. But yet we endure, we go on. And that brings me to the next point. Love is a journey. And it's not just a journey, it is a journey of discovery. See, I don't believe in love at first sight. I know some of you might. I believe there's infatuation at first sight. If I fell in love with every girl I got infatuated with, I might have 100,000 wives by now. But thank God I didn't. There was one that I grew to love. And when we first met, I just saw her as a friend. But as I got to know her better through everyday ordinary living, I began to love her. And even when I got married to her and gave her the ring that I put on her finger over 40 years ago, she says, do you love me? And I said, honey, I can't say that I do. But I can say this. I don't want to live a day without you. That's all I knew. Love will grow as we grow. Our understanding and knowledge will grow as we go on to know the Lord. And the love that was on fire with passion in the beginning may sometimes be an evening in sweats, watching TV in separate rooms. But it's a journey to get there. I wouldn't recommend that to any new lovers because <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to be a deal breaker right there. You only get to that point once you get to know the person you're in love with. So love is a journey. Love has a way of growing on you, growing in you. And as we mature, we, we discover new levels of love and new levels of responsibility. We say, oh, I'm ready to take this on a new level. 
We're ready for a new level in our relationship. It may go from sweetheart to, to you know, going steady, which I don't think people do that anymore, but uh, uh, it may lead to engagement or marriage. But it grows even beyond that. Deb and I, I believe, have reached a level that is we never knew before. We really have love. I, I just cannot describe it. And I don't believe if I did, you would understand it if you haven't been there on that level. But you are somewhere in love because it's a journey. Everybody, like a highway, everybody is somewhere on the highway. Some are almost there. Some are run off in a ditch somewhere. And some are just beginning. But we're all on the journey of love. See, 1 John 4, 8 tells us, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, 10. It says, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And then it says in verse 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. The same is true concerning love. In fact, that's what he was talking about. He was talking about love growing because that's what the whole chapter was about. Amen. was about love. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away with. We will go to another level. You see, he that loveth not knoweth not God. The more you know God, then the more you should know love. I think it's critical that everybody that has a relationship with one another, young people, listen up. If you're going to have a serious relationship, you better get serious with God because you will be in for a lot of hard times. There will be something the heck wrong with your love life. You see, Brick's assignment at school, that was the young one, was to write about love. I'm only 10 years old. He said, what do I know about love? At first, he looked to his parents to get some ideas. But what he could see was arguing, fighting. They want to live together in separate rooms. He was looking on a totally different level than where he was at. So the way they chose to celebrate their love seemed to be very strange to him. So he thought, well, I better go over to the Internet. Check that out on the Internet. And as he began to leave, I, he asked his mother, is the parental control still one, two, three, four? Is that the password? <laughs> the mother didn't even, she had done forgot it, but the kids knew it. And uh, so he began to work on his assignment about love. Now let's look at Sue here. Sue was excited because for the first time in her life she had a boyfriend. His name was Matt. Now she had hoped to celebrate Valentine's Day with Matt. She was telling all her friends that now that she was going with a boyfriend he would surely invite her out for Valentine's Day. And she got exactly what she was expecting and some things that she didn't expect. 
Oh, he asked her, Sue, are you doing anything on Valentine's night? And she's looking at a big old grin with those braces showing, kind of like Amanda's. Just grinning. He said, I'd like to take you out. He said, I can't eat. I'm on a wrestling team. He said, but I would love to watch you eat at an Italian restaurant. And she says, I'm free. It's been her plan all along. She'd moved that on the calendar. They had a wonderful evening. Ate spaghetti and all that. Even brought home the leftovers in, in a, a Luna 4 shape like a swan. And he kissed her goodnight as they parted for the evening. But her eyes lit up when she got that kiss. And she come running in the house. And she said, Mama, something's wrong. Matt can't kiss anymore. He no longer kisses me the way he used to kiss me. She said, he stuck his tongue down my mouth and it felt like an eel. <laughs> Disgusting. I've got to find some way to tell him that his kissing is terrible. Now, Matt was ready to take this thing on a new level. But I don't think Sue was ready for that. You see, sometimes, young people, you ain't ready for a new level. It comes with growth and maturity as you grow and know one another. Actually, Sue had thought that he was really messing up. Now, she had another date with him, and he did the same thing. She says, I believe he's doing this on purpose. This was no accident. So she told her mama the second time. First time her mama says, I need, we need to talk more, honey. <laughs> Sue didn't quite understand the thing about a French kiss, did she? You ever heard of a French kiss? Do you know what Sue thought it was? Kissing under a rainbow. I want you to know, sometimes life's discoveries are not always what we expect. Sometimes as we go on to know the Lord, we learn things that we didn't quite expect. And some things we don't even like what we learn. But I want you to know, God is trying to bring you to a new level with him. God is trying to move that relationship up a notch or two. And sometimes we resist it. Sometimes we pull away from God. Because love is a journey of discovery. Sometimes we're just too immature. Paul says, I would. You should be teachers by now. But you're not able to bear some of the things I want to talk about, so I'm going to have to talk about simple things. I fed you with milk. You should be eating meat by now, but I guess I'm going to have to go back to the bottle here. Sometimes I feel that way as a preacher. Sometimes I feel like we might need to have a talk. Your understanding of the Scripture isn't quite what it ought to be. You need to know the Lord a little bit better. But then, love endures.
and it keeps us going on that road. Now let's get back to the central truth now about love. This is where we have to examine Axel and Brick's report. Remember Brick's elf working on his report. But I got to talk about Axel's assignment. He was, he was giving a speech about a life-changing event. And he had never had a life-changing event. As I said, uh, he talked to his friends. His friends, one of his friends says, I can't make up my mind to talk about uh, whether I should talk about the, the day that I was declared legally dead or whether I should talk about the day that I assisted in the birth of my sister. Both of those were life-changing events. And actually, was like, nothing like that's ever happened to me. And his other friend says, well, I was trapped under a frozen pond and almost died. That changed my life. Axel's like, I don't know. I've never had a changing, nothing has changed my life. I've never had an event that changed my life. Now, he knew that his awesomeness, as I say, would change the life of anybody that knew him. And once he, he thought that he was not that hot, when he asked a girl for a date, she turned him down. He said, but I, I thought about that for about 12 hours. And finally I decided that I was hot and he went to ask her again and she said yes. So he knew he was still hot. The problem with Axel is he couldn't have a life-changing event because he wasn't looking at anything. He was looking at his life and couldn't look at what was going on around him. I want you to know your life can change before your eyes if you get your eyes off of yourself and start putting it on others. He tried to imitate a life-changing event. He, he concocted a plan with Brick that Brick was supposed to be dying on his deathbed, sick of a, uh, of a terminally ill disease, and he was videotaping it. So, this is, my brother's about to die, and that has changed my life. He was going to fabricate the whole thing. Some people fabricate a conversion with Jesus Christ because that's a life-changing event. It ought to change your life, but sometimes we just pretend like it changed us, and we, we really aren't changed at all. So, He's out here filming Brick, and Brick's acting like he's about to die. Oh, they've got all the medicine that a terminally ill person would have, like aspirin and Pepto-Bismol and Midol. <laughs> you could see that on the video. He made sure to get that. And he surely believed that this sham would work up until his mom and dad got home from their dinner. Remember they were at the dinner, coming back embarrassed? Now it was time for Frankie to unload on Mike. And they got to arguing. And he's like, I didn't think you wanted a rose. I thought we already covered this. I thought we already went through this. Why are you making a big deal? And they begin to argue and fuss. And then Axel saw another idea. My parents are on the verge of a divorce, and this is going to change my life. So he began to move into this and try to work it and nag it on. Amen. But as we near the end of this message and the end of this story, 
We find that Ashel didn't use that story. He didn't use the fabricated one. Nor the story about his mom and dad almost getting a divorce. Because, you see, they had an enduring love. They made up quickly, throwed it behind them, and moved on. I've had people tell me when me and Deb were getting fight, you know, throughout the years, <laughs> we thought for sure you guys would be getting lawyers today. But you guys are running around like nothing happened. Love endures. We have our fights. We have our fusses. You see, that's what endurance is all about. It goes beyond those suffering and the trials. We're inoculated. We're immune. <laughs> Love will make you immune. It suffers all things. It believes all things. It endures all things. So Axel was totally at a loss. So he did what I used to do. Stole his brother's report or somebody else's report. He took Brick's report. Now what was Brick's report? Brick found out that he did learn something from his parents when they made up that day. Here's what he learned. He declared it is the routine events of everyday living that are the true events that change our lives. Slowly over the years, it's the little things that we experience and learn that really makes the change in our life. And this is especially true of love. He noticed it was the way that Frankie would massage the back of Mike's neck while he was driving down the road. Or the way that Mike would go out and warm the car up on cold days. It was the little things that they did for each other. It was their own little language. They could just look at each other and knew what they were talking about. It was having the ability to put all the frivolous things aside and just have a good evening and enjoy yourself without all the frills. So Axel just used Brick's report. Brick got an A in it. And you know what happened to Axel? I believe he had a life-changing experience because he realized that when he started talking about other people, all of a sudden, all the girls in the, in the room started taking note. Hey, he's sensitive. He understands. He's romantic. So Axel had a life-changing experience that day. <laughs> Folks, let me tell you. When you know the love of Jesus Christ, it is a life-changing experience. Amen. We may grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but on the day you first experience His love, you will want to please Him. Your life will change. As Joe pointed out today, sometimes we want to get ahead. Sometimes we get restless. We want to be dramatic. We want to 
Get the box of candy, the flowers, the diamond ring. But in the end, it is the endurance and the everyday small things that really matter in a, a relationship. If you can love Jesus five days a week, then you certainly ought to be, or two days a week, you ought to certainly be able to love him seven days a week. If you can love Jesus 364 days, you ought to be able to love him 365. There's nothing wrong with the frills. There's nothing wrong with the candy. There's nothing wrong with the flowers. Love is a special thing and it ought to be celebrated. But don't forget the reason you celebrate love is because it endures through the hard times, not just the great high points in your life. And what really changes us, church, isn't the great revivals where we shout and people are falling out in the spirit. What really changes the saints of God is line upon line, precept upon precept, being faithful to church attendance, being faithful to your service in God, being faithful in prayer. Because the song says that when you're on your knees, you come before the love that changes you. I'm not the same man I was when I gave my life to Jesus. We're changed. The Bible says, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that one day when we see him, we're going to be as he is, because he's coming back for his bride. 